Hello and welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Uh, hello, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Karl. And we tried to be good, but we didn't. Listen, we're here. it's not it's not because we didn't get around to the games, at least. It yes. was completely unrelated life stuff that delayed us a week. Yeah. So it's going to be four and slightly more than February. That's you know, fine. That's fine. We could impose like extra arbitrary rules on ourselves and vow to only play the games in February, but I feel like that would be <laughs> silly. That would be so silly. Yeah, so that we make sure that uh, we've had at least several days of not having played it recently before we record next time. Yeah, so that we've forgotten everything. Yeah, make sure to forget extra hard in March. Yeah, that's the reason why I um I played Marie's Room this morning, mm-hmm. so that I wouldn't forget. So it'd be fresh in your mind. I'm sure that is exactly the reason. Yeah, that's definitely the reason, and the reason is not because I started playing Subnautica again for like oh, the boy. third time. <sighs> it's fine anymore. Like I I played it on survival the first time I played it, and now I just play it on freedom. Or not freedom. Uh, whatever the one where yeah. the one that you don't have to worry about like hydration and hunger. Ah, I see. Um, I have uh, one of my good friends is playing Subnautica for the first time, Ooh. so she's been like occasionally just like streaming it on our group Discord, so we can like watch as she plays, and it's fun getting to see her like experience all the tidbits for the first time. She's just wish... made it to the. Uh, yeah the facility in the uh, Sulphur River. Um, I wish I could play Subnautica again for the first time. Yeah, me too. That's one that I wish I, I could wipe from my brain. I don't because, like, while the surprises were were cool, I am now, like, much less afraid of Subnautica than I was when I first played it. I don't. I wouldn't want to go back to that. That's fair. That is very fair. I don't know. There, It is, uh... It's always a moment the first time you get grabbed by like a reaper. Yeah. <laughs> the oh shit moment. Yeah. yeah. It's uh it is however like also better than when we played it um because they've continued to update it. Um yeah. so now now like the large rooms and stuff from below zero are in the base game and they added a few of the like quality of life additions like the ability to pin recipes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's it's not. I would say it's not like overwhelmingly better. No, no. But, but it's uh, know. it's got a few. It's got a few improvements. And for me, like the ability to do like large rooms is probably like a huge step up. So, yeah, that's true. Um, I'm not. You can you can put your your alien habitats in the large rooms, and then they become these sort of like big oval tanks and that's cool i haven't done that i actually haven't built any large rooms this time around um whatever it's fine it's fine <laughs> well you can now is the point. i can if now maybe i will i am doing this this run without building the cyclops at all Ooh. um i hate the cyclops <laughs> yeah that's fair <laughs> i don't, don't even, blame you i don't even like the prawn suit that much um, just because it's so freaking slow and ungainly. But you're Spider-Man. 
Yeah, I know. You're underwater Spider-Man. You're... <laughs> yeah, that's like, what is that, Crab Man? Diving I guess Bell Crab Spider-Man? Diving Bell Spider-Man? Maybe. Yeah. Um, no, what I have done instead of building a Cyclops is I've just built a secondary small base right outside of the entrance to the cave system um so that i with a moon pool so that i can like drop off my um my prawn suit there and charge it or yeah, swap well, it out with the uh sea moth and charge either of them there so that's why in my... the version i streamed um i built a base in the uh in the forgotten river or whatever it's called the lost river um like, not knowing that there was a ghost leviathan, like, somewhat nearby, but I just happened to build it slightly outside of his radius, so oh, that yeah. uh, <laughs> I never ran into him. Yeah, I'm too scared to build, actually, in the caves, just because there's so many beasties Hostiles. in there. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah. I think the the room with the um the, like, fancy tree right before the hell area is safe. Yeah, I don't I don't think anything spawns in there, but still. It's full of like very pretty rays. That is like a cool room. I remember I remember coming that's like one of my strongest memories of playing Subnautica for the first time is coming upon that room um the first time I saw it and being like, "Oh, this is the coolest <laughs> thing I've ever seen." And it, yeah. it was. It was very cool. So yeah, it's nice to watch somebody else play it and kind of, you know, having having gotten some distance from it, kind of be able to respect its design chops from a distance. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> or like at a, at a slight uh, at a slight distance uh, and not be in the middle of just being too afraid to appreciate it. Yeah. That is fair. I mean, I still don't go to, like, the crater zone. There's still, like, zones that I just don't bother exploring because yeah. there's too many uh, scary things. Um, yeah. But I found I found three time capsules so far in this run, which is, like, wild to me. Yeah, so, is, uh, so has Jackie. I wonder, I wonder if they have, like, I don't know, increased the rate of spawning those. Because I've, okay. I've never found that many in a single run before. I think... I think I've maybe found one per playthrough previously. Um, maybe you're just getting better at spotting them. Maybe. Maybe that's true. I don't know. But yeah, everybody <laughs> likes to put their cuttlefish eggs uh, in the, in oh, the yeah. time capsules, so I've got two cuttlefish eggs now. Yeah, maybe. yeah. I put a hoverfish in mine because that was my comfort animal. Yeah, that's fair. Ugh. Anyway, um, anyway, so the last week, it's been kind of a weird, like, couple weeks for me. Um, last weekend uh, was Chocobole, um, so the annual, uh, like, whole, whole weekend RPG stream for charity. Uh, this year it was for Trans Lifeline, and they played Earthbound, so I watched some friends uh play earthbound for an entire weekend <laughs> nonstop nice uh which was interesting um another game that i appreciate much more from a distance than i did when i actually played it 
Yeah, and then, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, sometime right around there, I guess right before that, the Thursday before that, uh, Huck got COVID. Um, so we've been, like, isolating at home, which is real hard because we're in, like, a tiny, like, basically three-room apartment. Yeah, for, that's for counting the bathroom. Um, and so, but somehow I'm still testing negative. So it's working. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, and today is officially like the last day of our quarantine. So if I can stick it out and like not get it today, then he's passed the uh, the CDC recommended like 10 day uh, break. So, you know, fingers, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Because I have I want to go. I'm supposed to go finish the mural I've been working on last weekend. And then I was like, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Like won't be coming over, it turns out. Like I have <laughs> I have to quarantine from COVID. So hopefully tomorrow I'll actually get to go finish the mural. I'm gonna take a test again in the morning and fingers crossed it should be negative. At this point there's yeah. no re there's like no reason it should be positive, but you never know. Yeah, well I yeah, no, definitely fingers crossed. <laughs> For you. Uh <clears throat> But yeah, so I've been, you know, napping a lot the past week to try and keep my immune system in top shape and just sleeping on the couch and, in general, trying to take it easy. Fair. Definitely fair. <sighs> Anybody else play anything interesting or see anything interesting? Um, I started playing Hi-Fi Rush this weekend. Oh yeah, and how is it's it? It's fun. It, it looks feels fun. so good. Like I, I'm I thought it would be that. like a bit like clunky since you have to do everything like in time with the music, mm -hmm. but they blend like all the animations so well to like you can start it at any point and you still end up like doing stuff on the beat. That's cool. That yeah, I've I so I haven't uh played it myself, but I did watch like an introductory let's play of kind of like the first level or so. Um and it looks like an incredible technical feat. Like as you say, like getting the animations and everything to line up so precisely all the time and feel decent even, let alone good, is uh like that seems like that would be really tough. Yeah, it feels really good to play. Nice. Um, for anyone who hasn't heard of it, it's a, uh, I guess, kind of just like a action beat 'em up type thing with like a super cartoony style. Um, but its its gimmick is that it's all music based, so it's kind of a rhythm game in that like you get additional uh, points and power ups and and like combos and things from doing everything. On on beat with the music. I feel like we're in a <clears throat> like a a time where there are just lots of weird little indie games that are suddenly breaking out and becoming wildly popular overnight because like Hi-Fi Rush became a thing immediately, and also now everybody's talking about Pizza Tower, which I also haven't played. What I've been looking Rush. at. Hi-Fi Rush is a little bit indie, but it's not that no, indie. No, no. Oh, I was thinking it was. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong. 
Oh, it's yeah. I was gonna say. I guess it's uh, they're bigger. Yeah, they they the the thing is, it's like just very. Yeah, they're the the developers of the Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'm like um, super fucking wrong. Then never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's not their usual thing. They're better known for horror games. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then suddenly they made this like bright cartoony rhythm action game. <laughs> Uh, published by Bethesda, so. Okay, then yeah, that makes a lot more sense. But this, the yeah. point still stands. I think on Pizza Tower. I think. Now I have to look that up to make sure I'm not completely wrong about it as well. You're uh... right about Pizza Tower. Yeah, no, I am. I, I, I am not, right about I Pizza not Tower. Heard, I had not heard of Pizza Tower, but now I have. So you've yeah officially it's, perpetuated it. It's pretty much Warrior Land, like yeah. a fan fan made Warrior Land. I see. It's certainly got an art style. Very, like, uh, 90s cartoon, a la, like, Courage the Cowardly Dog, Ren and Stimpy, Cow and Chicken kind of. Yeah. Kind of feel. The vibe is strong. Uh, that does not look even remotely like something I would want to play, but I'm glad <laughs> that it's there for people who do. Yeah, fair. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I feel like it's, it's, um, like, oh, well, we're never going to get another proper Wario Land game, so let's just make our own. I'm waiting yep. for somebody to do that with Chibi Robo, um, because we're never going to get another Chibi Robo either. So somebody, please, make yep. me a Chibi Robo alike. My crops are dying. There was another game fairly recently where we were, I was talking with someone and we were saying, like, it's mind boggling that no one has tried to reboot this franchise because it would, like, it would do really well in modern day, but I can't for the life of me remember what it was, so. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of good stuff that's been kind of. I had lost that exact discussion, like, last week about Banyu Kasui. Yeah. Well, like, uh, I mean, Ukulele is a is a yeah, off-brand I mean, remake, like, right? Okay, I didn't mean off-brand. I meant like meant like on-brand because it's free money. Yeah, you would think that people would be like crazy uh, eager to just yeah to to like cash in on the nostalgia for that, but yeah, no. Um. There's, I mean, they did just announce like the um, oh, the, la- the latest Nintendo Direct had a whole bunch of like, here's things we're bringing back, including like, hey, like we're trying to port the entire old like Game Boy library <laughs> over to to Switch if you want any of that stuff, and I'm like, you know, I do, because they were was- like coming. Coming soon, like, Oracle of the Ages and Oracle of the Seasons. And I'm like, I would play that again. <laughs> like, yeah, that do was that. a really nice surprise. Um, especially surprising how well they are doing it. Um, yeah. Considering they have, like, all of the color palettes for, like, um, big Game Boy, pocket Game Boy, and um, Game Boy Color playing non-color games. It's... Uh, mm-hmm. A nice bit of attention to detail, and they're getting—they're doing like the ghosting that the screens, that old Game Boy screens had, which is uh, a very nice, unexpected touch. I don't know. I feel like 
Yeah, that's cute. They're they're getting better at <laughs> at emulating their old, old yeah, I was platforms. Say, they finally they finally learned the correct lesson from like people emulating their games nonstop, their old games yeah. nonstop, which is people just really want to play like a really like high fidelity recreation of the thing that they loved from the past. Yeah. So that's nice. Oh, yeah. And of course, Ghost Trick. Ghost Trick and is getting a remaster. I can't tell if they're using the original animations or not. Because um, they're doing a visual kind of upgrade a little bit. And the, the original animations for that were so good that if anything is even a little bit lost from that, I'm going to be real sad. <laughs> I would be surprised if they weren't because like animations are something that's so expensive to redo yeah. that... I would think they would be able to just kind of plop that old data into, yeah, you know, whatever so. new framework they're using. Um, but I haven't done, like, a side-by-side -side, Yeah, uh, it was comparison. weirdly... The original one had weirdly, like, low-fidelity... Not exactly low-fidelity graphics, but, like, the animations were way too high quality for how low-fidelity the graphics were, and in a way that was, like, really cool to look at. Yeah. Like the contrast was very very neat. And so uh I'm I'm looking forward to that. I enjoyed Ghost Trick. It's a weird ass game, but it was I'm, fun. I'm looking forward to playing it again for the first time in years and years and years. I'm also looking forward to uh watching Ev play it over his shoulder and just annoying the shit out of him as he does. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> yeah, I uh I it's been long enough now that I have forgotten all the puzzles. So oh, yeah. I could play it again. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember, I like, mm, the puzzles were not super easy, so it'll be fun to go back to. Yeah, I remember a lot of the, like, major plot twists, but, um, yeah. you know, that's fine. That's fine, yeah. Uh, has anybody here seen um, the new Puss in Boots movie? No. Because... Every no. pretty much everyone that I know who's seen it has been imploring me that I must go see it, and I'm like very confused by this. I have not seen it. I'm uh, I I am long off the the Shrek bandwagon, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm told it is a very good movie, independent of its weird franchise nature, because it's not even like that. It's a Shrek movie, right? Because Puss in Boots was like a spin-off of Shrek and this is like the fourth or fifth one or something like that. What? Yeah, there've been a ton there of were that many. Oh. I'm, I'm maybe I'm exaggerating, but I I was uh I was under the impression there had been a lot of Puss in Boots movies. Uh huh. Well, this is at least show it's at least the, it's at least the third one. Damn. Um yeah, this, this just proves how far off the Shrek bandwagon I am. Dang. I mean, that's fair. Appearances. It seems to be the third. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense. That's a little bit less outrageous. Oh, no, never mind. It's only the second one. He's just appeared in a lot of, like, short films in addition. Okay. Like, they've done a lot of, like, short specials and stuff. That's why I... I that's why he feels so ubiquitous to me. That uh, makes sense. I mean, it's called Puss in Boots 2. Yeah, it's, uh, is it? I just, it's called Puss in Boots The Last Wish. 
Oh, maybe. Um, so he, let's see. Um, okay, yeah, it got, it, it's called two in Swedish, I guess. Oh, I see, I see. Um, he's present in the short films uh, Far, Far Away Idol, Shrek the Halls, Scared Shrekless, uh, Donkey's Caroling Christmas Tacular, Thriller Night, Puss in Boots the Three Diablos, and a Netflix series, The Adventures of Puss in Boots. Uh, also, Puss in Boots Trapped in an Epic Tale. <laughs> uh, Damn, that's also a lot. He also appeared on Jeopardy, being the first computer animated character to provide an entire category in the show, <laughs> according what? to, uh... What uh, the hell? Yeah. But yeah, that's... so he's in, he's in a lot of, like, spin-off materials, even though they are not full movies. That's... Damn. I, uh... I'm so sorry for, like, underestimating the storied career of Puss in Boots. I feel like a fool. Yeah. I don't know why that character really took <laughs> off, but apparently. I wonder if anyway. it's like a furry thing. Who knows? Yeah, I might wait till it comes to some kind of streaming something. Watch it on streaming. It really feels like the sort of movie I would watch uh, uh, as an in-flight movie on an airplane. Yeah, that's fair. That is how I, I tend to consume all of the, like, animated movies that, like, I, that were not, that I was told are not nearly as bad as they seem from the trailers. That's fair. That, that's, uh, that is the category of film that I watch, uh, on, on planes. That's a really good category. Um, last time I was on a plane, I watched I watched, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Wishmaster, and I um, felt really bad because I was sitting. I had like someone, like my sister was on one side of me, and um, a stranger was on the other side of me. And Wishmaster uh, is a very violent movie, <laughs> so I see. <laughs> um, felt a little bad about that, but what are you gonna do? I so. mean, I guess. Well, is it better or worse than watching a like very sexy movie with other people nearby? I think it's better. I think it's better than watching a very sexy movie with other people nearby. I think I would explicitly try to not do that. Um, but if it's like, uh, and it's like, whereas a horror, you you feel bad but yeah. not bad enough to not do yeah. it. <laughs> and it's like very violent, but it's like cartoonishly silly, violent but still really violent, but like goofy mm. um yeah all right well i guess i will have to find out on my own uh how the puss in boots movie is we are of no help yep anyway uh should we talk about some games yeah i think we can talk about some games yeah so this is our uh this is our four in february month four in slightly more than february uh, and for the first half, uh, we played two games. We played uh, Frog Detective 3 and Marie's Room. Uh, so Frog Detective 3, created by Worm Club, Grace Bruxner, and Thomas Bowker. Um, published by Worm Club and Superhot Presents. It's the third game in the Frog Detective series, and I guess the last game in the Frog Detective series? I know! I was, the ending? I didn't realize. I was so surprised. I... 
that's a little a little sad, but you know. Yeah. I what, mean, what it's fine do? if they're if they're done making them. That's fine. I do love me some Frog Detective, so I am a little sad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it. I had forgotten how just like I remembered, like, oh yeah, I like these games. They're very cute and charming. I had forgotten just how ridiculously cute and charming they are. Yeah, and it, it, this one with probably the most narrative of all of them by far. Yeah. Um, um, we are going to spoil it. It's a little bit like I more interesting than the average frog detective. So, like, I would recommend playing it before listening to spoilers. Um, yeah, definitely more intrigue but, at the very least. Yeah, but uh, you know. It's still going to be worth playing even after we've spoiled it because just like the dialogue is so is and the character art and whatnot are are great. So, um, yeah, you uh are once again frog detective. You've been called to Cowboy County to assist Lobster Cop. Uh, in originally it was supposed to be uh choosing a new sheriff, but when you've got there, he's already chosen a sheriff. Um, and it's Mason Mole, and uh, instead you are then uh, to help him with the case of the stolen hats, because um, everybody's hats have gone missing except for Mason Mole's. Hmm. Hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mason Mole being the little uh, Easter egg character that kind of like pops up around some back corners in the first two games, if you catch him. Yeah. They've really Which, brought uh, everything full circle this time. Yeah, I, I really made me wonder, like, I want to, I personally believe the Easter egg came first and then they decided to justify it later. Yeah, I, I kind would of be don't shocked believe... if it was the other way. <laughs> yeah, if they planned <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, uh, but it's still a cute tie-in that like, oh, no, this little, like, hard to find little guy who keeps disappearing has actually kind of been watching you this entire time um sinisterly as per most frog detective games you go around and talk to people everybody has a thing they want and you find or trade for the thing that they that they want and you give them the thing they want and they'll give you something else for somebody else and you go around and you know fulfill everybody's needs and in the process you talk to a bunch of characters that are just like it's hard to really put my finger on what the what what I would call the style of humor of the Frog Detective games. Yeah, because um, it's a little bit like like cutesy, li- like pretending to be a cutesy little kid thing, and it's a little bit like completely deadpan uh, absurdism. But it's not entirely completely deadpan absurdism. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's strange. Yeah, it's it's definitely um a God, how do I put this? It's definitely like a singularly sort of developed um sense of humor, I would say. Yeah. Where I don't know that there's anything that's quite like it. There are a lot of things that are like similar in similar veins, but yeah, I don't I don't know that there's anything that I would describe as being, you know, clearly analogous yep 
Um, so characters include uh, a woman who is trying to break into the vault uh, to get her ID back because she accidentally locked it in the vault, um, but she needs her ID to, to get into the vault. Uh, so she wants you to help her create a fake ID. Um, there's the, like, girl who's always ready to throw down, who kind of wanted to become the new sheriff, but didn't speak up in time. There's, there's the, the post the, office yep. guy who wants to join the ghost, what, it's the ghost sighting club? Or yeah. society? Yep. But you have to have seen a ghost for that, and he hasn't seen a ghost. Um, there's a the artist who thinks he's been cursed by uh, an internet website to not uh, be creative anymore, so you have to find him a muse. Um, there's a koala that you gotta co-write a poem with. Uh, and a sloth who's in love with you. Yep, <laughs> who just flirts with you relentlessly, which is pretty adorable. I would go on uh, a date with that sloth. Yeah, and yeah. Fro Frog Detective is kind of like slightly confused and taken aback, but then when you like make notes about it in your journal, it's like, no, no, I refuse to be charmed by a suspect. And then when you talk <laughs> to him, when you talk to him again, it's like, I really hope he didn't do it. <laughs> and you find out in the this is a big spoiler. This is the biggest spoiler of the whole game. In the and in the final end credits. You do yeah. go on a date with him. Oh, you go on a date with a sloth. It's very cute. Um, and yeah, I'm sure we're forgetting characters. There's a lot of them. There's like the uh, the dancer lady who runs the the bar. The Joker. Yeah, yeah, the jokester. Uh, who who is always <laughs> joking? Oh, there was that little um the little Easter egg nod to um chicory in there yeah. as well there's a photo there's a bunch of photos on the wall of the bar and one of them is uh is of chicory which you'll recall That's there where was it's a from <laughs> took you a second i didn't remember it but yeah um you'll you'll recall there was also a frog detective reference in chicory um when oh, you go up a little up to the little resort uh where you solve a mystery frog detective is there but he he won't solve the mystery with you because he's on vacation and he tells you about the importance of work-life balance. I forgot about that entirely. Aww. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice that they're in each other's games. I like seeing uh, indie devs be friends. You'd love to see it. Um, yep. I guess, who else? There's the, um, the general store owner who oh, yeah. all of the previous owners of the general stores have their portraits, like painted portraits on the wall, but oh, she only has a photo, so she wants someone to paint her portrait. Um, I think that's. I'll let you guess that how everyone? that one gets solved. Yeah. I think that's more or less everyone. I think that um, is everyone. And unlike most of the games in which everything was just a big misunderstanding the whole time, uh, in this one, Frog Detective is framed for the crime. Oh no! I can't, I can't believe they do my boy Frog Detective dirty like that. Not that, not that crimes exist. Crimes no. are are fictional in this world. That's true. But it is something very much like a crime. He gets sentenced to oh. go to the bad room for a whole year. 
Yep, which is like a little jail cell, which everyone's like, man, even if he did something wrong, that's like, that's really harsh. Like, I can't believe. That's pretty messed up. Yeah. yeah, why would you invent a bad room to put people like how? How will they get better and like learn from their mistakes if they're in a bad room? Yeah, uh, almost like it's of... commentary on. Yeah, I was gonna say a little bit of social the commentary state. in my yeah. frog detective game. It's more no. likely than you think. Um, yeah, no, it's very cute, and it turns out uh, that uh, um, lobster cop. Uh, was in fact jealous of how good at detectiving Frog Detective was becoming, and was worried about losing his uh, his place as the number one detective. And he was uh, he was getting getting uh, antsy about it. It was sort of really getting to him mentally. So he uh, he asked his friend Mason Mole to kind of spy on him. And then devised this plan of of framing Frog Detective for stealing the hats, um, and uh, and Frog Detective goes to the bad room, and they do like a whole fake ending with credits and everything, where they're like, you know, we apologize to Frog Detective fans and Optimist, and uh, I forget what singer it was that they apologized to. It was Kylie Minogue. Kylie Minogue, she doesn't know about this, but we feel like she would she would care or like she would be sad or something like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's like, oh no, is this the end? And then uh, Mystery Monkey, who is a Frog Detective fan from the very first game, finds out about this on Frog Detective's blog because he's allowed to have his laptop in the bedroom, so he can yeah. keep blogging. Um. And uh, Mystery Monkey does a magical girl transformation into a sleuth and uh, so and good. then solves the mystery of what happened. Yeah, they would have getting Lobster Cop's office. They would have got away for it if it wasn't for that meddling monkey. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yes, he uses the conveniently located clue finding powder to find yep. the clue in Lobster Cop's office that was just a letter that was written by Mason Mole about how they were going to uh, entrap Frog Detective yeah. so that Lobster Cop could keep his number one detective spot. And then he oh. uh, he travels to Cowboy County to, uh, to break the news, to yep. shed light on the real culprit. Yep. It's, um, uh, it's all very dramatic. Yeah, Lobster Cop uh, has to turn in his badge and gun. His gun, which he has. They're like, why do you have a gun? Jesus, like... Uh, Yeah, and and him and um, Mason Mole are very uh, contrite. They feel bad about what they have done. Um, So, As a consequence, they get get Mm -hmm. kicked out of being detectives. Or they get... it It is recommended that they stop being that Lobster Cop stops being a detective for his own mental health. Yes. And, um, of course, Mason Mole no longer gets to be the sheriff. And instead, they become posties. They become yep. mail carriers. Um, yep. And it seems like they really thrive in their, with their new responsibilities of delivering the mail on time. Good for them. Yep. Yep. That's a harsh punishment. 
Oh, it's no, it's no bad room. The, I, 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 is it like someone says, someone like Mason Mole or, or someone in the, in the situation says like, I guess we have to go to the bad room now. And it's like, no, God, why would you even like have invented the bad room? That's like a horrible <laughs> idea. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, you know, as usual, all is well. And then... <laughs> Oh, the so the way they frame um, Frog Detective is by saying, like, he had motive to steal all the hats because it is a well-known fact that he cannot wear hats because his head shape is weird. Mm -hmm. um, and so at the very end, like, everybody gets together for his birthday and um, they find him a hat that fits on his, his head. It's just a little tiny hat. It fits right between his eyes. Yep. And, uh, and mystery monkey, well. mystery monkey becomes the new number one detective. Um, yep. So he takes Lobster Cop's uh, office, and the next time you go in there, they they have just pasted like cutouts of Mystery Monkey's face over all of the pre-existing photos on the wall of Lobster Cop. It's um, throughout great. the office. Yeah, that was a nice touch. I appreciated that. And your uh, your notebook makes a comeback in this game, and I'm pretty sure the stickers that you put on them in the last game they like maintain, which is pretty great. They maintain, except I it didn't work when I did this. Oh, no. It was like, oh, we couldn't find a save game, so you can redecorate your your notebook if you want. So I just did. That's yeah, it's the same for me. Uh, I got my old stickers back, and I was very happy. Nice. Yeah, that's good. It's uh, as usual. It continues to be like it's just an incredibly cute game. <laughs> you get a scooter this time too. They get they oh, let you the ride around in a scooter. Oh, the scooter is so good. The scooter is so good. You have to do a little bit of platforming. Yeah, you can do like little jumps and tricks. And I, I, uh, every time I, um, I like even jumped a little bit. I'm like. <laughs> Parkour! Like, scooter tricks! It's, it's like so a freedom. Good. It's a freedom that we have not yet experienced yeah. in a frog it detective game. The, as they say, the town is, as they say, needlessly large. Um, and so, to get around a little faster, <laughs> they give you the scooter, and it's, it's, it's like, completely pointless, but it, it feels real good, and, uh, yeah. and I like it. Uh, it's not completely pointless. You do have to go through, like, some areas to, like, pick cactus flowers and stuff. But I, I bet you could do the whole thing without scootering at all if you needed to. I think there is, I think there are a couple cactus flowers that you can't reach without the scooter. But, like... Yeah, but you don't... You, there are more than you need. So oh, you are might there? Be able okay. To, yeah, so you might be able to get them just out of the ones that, that you don't have to access that way. Um... Although I'm, I'm not 100% sure on that. Why but... would you not scooter if you have the option to scooter? <laughs> yeah, you have also. a great scooter. Why like, wouldn't come you on. Scooter? Don't deprive yourself like this. You deserve it. You deserve some scooter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. That's a, that is a, a welcome and much enjoyed addition. Yeah. And as much as... It pains me to think that there will maybe never be another Frog Detective game. Eh, it's fine. It's a good ending to the Frog Detective series. It's a good ending. Series. It felt, yes, it felt like proper closure yeah. to the series. Yep. And we'll see what they do next. Yeah.
I like there's a there's a scene in which um mystery monkey when when they're revealing all of like <clears throat> you know what they learned they're like I had seen Mason Mole sneaking around you know on the original island <clears throat> back in the day and and Frogtotex is like wait why didn't you tell me about that then because like it seems like that would have been really relevant to that case and he says uh, oh i i was so starstruck i didn't think to mention it yeah which it's i mean just... who can blame him who can blame yep. him who can blame him um or her i don't remember if mystery monkey has a gender that's true i don't know either so who knows but they are working with Mo the Mouse, who was the one I think who was trying to get up courage to talk to Mystery Monkey in the first game. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. See, these things just wrap back around. Yep. You get such a very... such satisfying closure to all of the characters. Yeah. I'm I'm uh I'm proud of my little my little characters. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there isn't uh Maybe that's like I don't know, not a not an appropriate reaction, but I don't know. I feel proud of them. What can I say? Everybody's I'm, doing all right. I I'm think. glad they have worked everything out and uh that Mystery Monkey is the is the new number one detective and that they work well together. Unlike Frog Detective and Lobster Cop. Yeah. It's cute. Yeah. It's fun and cute. And uh, and I hope, even if they don't make more Frog Detective games, I hope uh, Grace Brexter makes uh, some equally silly, fun, weird things. Yeah. So that's one. That's one. In terms of... Uh... Oh, there's also a whole, like, song with lyrics over the end credits, which is uh, pretty funny. So about... It's like a Frog Detective's lament about being in jail. And yeah, wanting a to good go touch. home. <laughs> Very cute. Um, yeah, so that's Frog Detective Three. An excellent finish to the th to the series. Uh, and then we also played uh, Marie's Room from Like Charlie, uh, which is kind of like the light short story version of Gone Home. I would say. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's a you know you you walk into a room and you look at a bunch of things in a room and it, each one sparks like a little bit of narrative about the the person who owned the room and the person who is there um, now looking at it and they're kind of passed together. Uh, Marie being obviously the person who owned the room and um, Kelsey. Right, LC. being the yeah, yeah, being the uh, the person who is looking. Um, I don't know, Kelsa. Do you want to do the uh, the story summary on this one? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it's since you played it this morning. <laughs> since I played it this morning, yeah. You are um visiting Marie's home for unknown reasons. Um, you are there ostensibly to get the journal to look at the journal. Um, and basically the, the time period that you're recounting is, I guess, like late, mid, late high school, late high school, I think. 
um, which was 2018 for them. Yeah, because they're uh, talking about, like, they're wanting to go off to college, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, basically you learn that um, that Kelsey had a pretty turbulent, not-great home life. Um, yep. You know, alcoholic mother and no no dad in, in the picture, as far as I could tell. Um, and she became friends with Marie, who worked at, like, the food kitchen. Um because, you know, her mom was an alcoholic and was drunk more often than not, so she kind of relied on that to not die. Yeah, um, and uh, kind and of reluctant, reluctant friends. Yeah. Like, she was sort of embarrassed about it because she didn't want to be... She was worried that uh, Marie, like, looked down on her because mm-hmm. they met via the food kitchen, and, like, she didn't want to, it to be known that they were friends in public, for the most part. Yeah. And then you read the, it's very sad, you read the diary and it's clear immediately that Marie is like, oh my god, she's so cool, she's so pretty. Yeah. I want her to be my friend, I want her to be my friend so bad, oh, I blew it, she's never gonna want to be my friend. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Meanwhile, Kelsey is dealing with a shitty boyfriend, um, who, you know, is- Kind of a psycho. Kind of a psycho, um, definitely manipulative- and like love bombs her for sure buys her a lot of stuff she keeps saying repeatedly i didn't know where the money was coming from um which definitely hints at something darker um you find out pretty early on that um marie sort of convinced her to break up with trevor was that his name trevor probably that's not right (laughs) um because you know she knew that he was bad news and when she did break up with him then trevor started being um stalking her basically yeah stalking and threatening her sending her threatening emails calling her at all times of the night um this is marie that's been getting marie, the threatening emails marie that's the been getting the threatening emails like how, after you know kelsey broke keep, up with him yeah you're keeping her away from me and you know like i know that you try you know you talked her into breaking uh, us breaking up and how dare you etc etc yeah um you also find out that um early on prior to their friendship uh, Marie and her father were the victims of a home invasion. Uh, Marie got hit in the head pretty bad by someone with a baseball bat, and then her dad was stabbed and was in the hospital for a long time, so she's got, you know, trauma associated with that in a pretty big way. Um, and then, of course, Kelsey has her traumas just with, like, her life being pretty shit. Um, mm-hmm. And everything kind of comes to a head with Trevor, who... Uh, after they go skinny dip in, like, a neighbor's pool late one night, Trevor follows them home, um, pulls a knife, you know, attacks both of them, and goes to attack Marie, and it turns out Marie has got a gun. She purchased a gun online, and she kills him. Um, yep. And that's, there's like, a There's a big reveal that the, uh, yeah. in that confrontation that... Um, the the home invasion from the past was actually Trevor and Kelsey had broken in and Kelsey kind of like didn't realize like where this was going and didn't mean for it to get violent and she's the one who actually hit Marie with the bat um and she's yeah. you know she's like I was you know I was just I didn't like I was wasn't trying to do it hard I just like didn't uh I didn't want you know, her to see my face yeah I didn't want you to see me and I you know um and so there's a whole, like, you know, after that, like, will they, 
can they ever get over this big betrayal? Because there's like hints up and like all throughout of like that the two have had some kind of irreparable falling out, and mm-hmm. like can they can they ever get over like quote unquote what happened? Um, but then at the at the very very end when you flash back to the present, uh, it sounds like um, Marie is like actually like waiting for you out in the car. <laughs> So, like, you, yeah. the two of you are are going off to call. No, not it's. It has to be much later because you like have a kid, right? At yeah, that point. yeah. Kelsey yeah. has a kid. Her daughter is calling her on the phone, saying, "Hey, hurry up!" Um, yeah, Marie's and... here and she's getting impatient. Please get the journal and let's let's go. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so they... the implication is they made up. Yeah, because they impl- they say that she had already chased her. To Canada, I think. I think so. Yeah, because yeah. Um, after the incident where Marie kills Trevor, she said that her dad told her, "You can go up to Vancouver and live with like a relative up there, and finish high school up there." Um, so she does that, and then I guess Kelsey follows her up to Vancouver to try to, you know, yeah, make amends and repair the friendship, there which apparently a- works. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you you kill somebody for somebody. I feel like there's that goes a long way. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a the the game unfolds kind of much like Gone Home in that it's like a bunch of objects in the room, and like every time you pick up an object, you get uh like a narrated voiceover type thing about something kind of tangentially related to that object. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the, there's one object, I want to say it's like the beer cans or something that implies that maybe they had like a romantic fling one night and kind of experimented a little bit, but like, they don't really talk about it. Yeah. Um, um yeah. But as you, as you like interact with objects, um, in the room, it fills in the journal, which is blank. Um, and as you, you know, pick up and interact with all of the um, objects, it uh, the there's a, a locked case with a five-digit code, and the numbers show up in, in the, the journal, journal and you need all five of them to open up the um, the locked case, which is where she hid the gun. Or um, uh, or you need four of them and can brute force one of them. <laughs> Which is what I did, which I shouldn't have done. I was gonna ask you what happened. Because uh, I, like, I figured out um, there were two things that, like, I couldn't find in the room. And I went through the room, like, I kept circling the room. And every time I circled the room, I would find one or two things that I had missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got to the point where I was circling the room and I was still not finding anything. And I was still not finding anything. And I, I, there were two things that I couldn't get to. I didn't have a password to get into the laptop. And I didn't have the code to get into the box. Um, and I could tell from the journal that, like, okay, it's a five-digit code. Here are four of the numbers. Based on the big chunk of the journal that I'm missing, uh, the number that I'm missing is probably the second-to-last number. Um, so I, why don't I just, you know, I can get into that one. I'll get into that one. And then once I've seen whatever's in there, then I'll keep looking for the... Uh, for the the passcode for the laptop it does not work that way it turns out the the case is the end of the game and uh yeah so i did go back in like afterwards and like look up where the the key code for the uh, or where the password for the laptop was 
and see the info I missed, but, um... Oh, the way, okay, the way you described it, like, or the way you had sort of phrased it when you were talking about it was, I thought that, like, the game punished you. No, for... no, it's, okay. it's just that it ends. It ends immediately yeah, okay. afterwards, and you do not have a chance to continue throughout the room okay. um, and and see more things, which I had had been my intent, and then I felt like, oh, shit, <laughs> I, I got to the ending early, whoops. I thought it was going to be some sort of thing where, like, you get scolded, like you get a slap on the wrist for well, I mean, <laughs> for brute forcing it. You don't get the achievement of forgetting everything in one run. I guess that's true. Um, yeah, I had the opposite problem. I got stuck in that segment because I didn't see the case. Oh, I don't know how, but I I just didn't notice it. Yeah, it's amazing how many things uh, were easy to overlook, because I always thought I had found everything, and yet every time I went around the room again, I'd be like, oh, I guess I didn't click on this, like, I didn't see this thing, or I didn't click on this thing, or I wasn't close enough to this thing. And that was like, I circled the room maybe like five times and had that experience every time. Yeah, I, I had the same, I think, it, I mean, it definitely took me a few tries. Um, going around the room to to find all this stuff, um, which you know, I guess that's like you've designed a good space when yeah, like it's not just cluttered, but things are on like different levels, things are in drawers, things are behind things, um, some things are you know. Yeah, the uh, the reason I didn't find the passcode into... is because it's like you have to look down at the welcome mat and it's like tucked under the mat, and mm -hmm. I like did not look down. Basically, I think is what it came down to. Yeah. Yeah, one of the last things I found was the bike basket, which is similarly, you have to look up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, there's a lot of... And, a lot, yeah, obviously there's a lot of stuff that you find immediately on the first go around the room. Um, but it's surprising how much they managed to hide in such a small space. Like, there's mm -hmm. not a lot to this room. Yeah. it's uh, It really is, like, the size of a bedroom, so... Still, super cozy bedroom. You know, no, it's it's very like of its time and and you know, feels like I don't know, it feels like the 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 room that every teen teenager has in a movie starring a teenager, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like what Hollywood thinks a teenager's room looks like a little bit. Yeah, it felt very inspired by Life is Strange as well. Mm, I could see that. Yeah. I still haven't played that. I probably should. Um, but from everything I know about that game, yeah, it has that sort of like you know, hipster indie music kind of room feel. Like there's a, you know, there's a crate of vinyls in the corner and um like a was there like... a record player? Yes. There yeah, was I okay. So. I don't you remember seeing it. it. Oh, okay. I must have missed could that you? then. Oh. I didn't I didn't realize you could play it. Um but yeah. No, I mean it's not what my room looked like. Um, it's it's like what what a teen's room looks like if an adult wants the teen to seem cool, right? It has none of the cringe that actual teenagers' rooms have. Yeah, one hundred percent. That is like, extremely accurate. My my room was like super cringe as a teen. Um, you know, lots of lots of pictures of like hot guys with dragons and like a poster of Legolas from Lord of the Rings, that kind of thing. You know, hell yeah, that's um, the stuff but, you want. And and I mean, she's got like some cute like science quotes and stuff. 
as posters. Um, you know, like, uh, I think there's like a Neil deGrasse Tyson quote or something like that and all kinds of stuff about, you know, like Einstein quotes about, uh, you know, thinking, being like a, a unique person and thinking outside the box and all of the, the usual stuff you have for that kind of thing. And um, Yeah, but that's, they, that's still the way feels... they met. Oh, I was going to say, that still feels like an adult saying, look at, look at what I'm trying to convey about this yeah. teenage character more yeah, than exactly. anything an actual teenager would be into. Yeah, and they met, um, I guess that they didn't meet, but like the, one of the ways they became friends was like that they got, uh, they were on the same uh, science project, I guess, in mm -hmm. school. And uh, Marie was like very excited about the fact that they'd be working together, and and Kelsey's like, "Ugh, they stuck me with the food kitchen kid." Yeah, and like honestly, like I kind of feel like Marie deserved better a little bit in a lot of the uh, the stuff they're doing here. Like I get that you know Kelsey had a had a rough time and was you know she had some shit to work through. Um, yeah, but she, it, she was kind of she was kind of an ass. It to... feels like um, like Marie has been sort of cast as the um, I can fix I can fix him girl, except yeah. instead of fixing him, it's fixing her. Um, yeah, which is you know, which eh. you know to be fair to be fair was me as a teen, so I can't <laughs> I can't necessarily fault it for lack of realism. I guess. Um, I was very much like, you know, like, oh, I would do anything for my friends and it's okay if they're like damaged because I will I will take care of them and help them get better and, you know, like which is its own like pathology, <laughs> but uh we won't get into I guess psychoanalyzing childhood me right now. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Um okay. So I had one gripe really about this game yeah and it yeah. was everything is so serious and happens so fast it feels like sort of when you start writing for the first time mm -hmm. and you try to make like this cool thing happening and you have absolutely no setup or like pacing yeah yeah and and part of that, I guess, is because they're making such a very short experience. But it, it definitely feels a lot more amateurish than, like, a Gone Home. Right? Yeah. Because it, it's, it feels like... Gone Home had a certain realism to it because not everything was important, right? Like, some stuff was just weird, incidental, goofy, whatever. Right? Because that's how real life is. Like, not everything plays into a perfectly woven narrative. Sometimes stuff is just like a goofy, weird, dumb thing that uh, that you you just have and or have done or is a memory that you have or you you know something about your family or whatever. And it Gone Home was really good at kind of playing with that feeling and making everything feel very like authentic. Whereas this feels like you want to tell a story about a, a girl who shot someone. And so you kind of, you're, and you're doing it in an incredibly limited way. So everything has to be about that. Um, yeah. Which like, 
you know, is fine. But as you say, it's sort of like over dramatic. It's not exactly like a relatable thing that we all know it from as teens, right? Like, yeah, for all the like shit that Gone Home has like sort of kind of gotten, um, mm-hmm. just since it's existed, like the one thing that I will come back to about it, and even you know, even I feel like the ending is just like. God, teenagers are stupid. You're running away with your girlfriend. Like, how's that gonna work out, you know? But, mm-hmm. um, it... God, it is, like, such a fucking spot-on, um, you know, just portrait. Like, I felt so fucking seen with so much of that stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and... Uh, yeah. It, it really... It took the time, because it had the time. Not saying that this, you know, wouldn't have taken the time. Um, but it it had the space to really really characterize everybody, so that by the end of the game you really felt like you knew um, the person that you know was basically you know the portrait of this person was being woven through the game. Yeah. Which you know this didn't have the space to do because it was such a smaller project. Yeah, and even like even if it had did have the space or like. Even if it was all building towards one thing and you're trying to make a, a really specific thing, its chosen subject matter is, like, <laughs> very dramatic, right? Like, the whole, yeah, like, yeah. oh, oh, she shot someone who is, like, coming in to, like, to try and, you know, rape or kill them. And, you know, like, the, there was a big reveal about a, a bit old betrayal. You know, like, it's, it's very, it's, it has kind of, like, a pulpy... <laughs> subject which yeah kind of... or like soap opera yeah exactly which which sort of goes against the the feeling of authenticity that one tends to associate with a game about like learning about someone through their everyday objects right mm-hmm. yeah right because that's the whole point of a game like this is that like everyday objects can really tell you a lot about a person like what their room looks like can really like let you know a lot about them but that thing is not usually like who they murdered in high school right like in (laughs) self-defense yeah (laughs) yeah no i mean like he had it coming for sure but i'm just saying like that is not normally the the like type of story you learn from from someone's everyday objects in their in their desk drawers. Yeah, in their in their unless, teenage bedroom desk drawers. Unless you're unless you're lobster cop, I guess, and then you also keep a note about uh, about your crimes in your desk. Yeah. Stop putting notes about your crimes in your desk. Yeah, I guess that's, that's a pro tip for me. Two games. We tied them together, gang. We did it. We made it work. <laughs> yep. Um, like I feel like this is kind of. It's an admirable effort for a game that is, like, less than an hour long and free on Steam, right? Like, I can't I can't judge it too harshly because it's not exactly like, you know, I paid 50 bucks for a AAA experience here. Yeah. Um, it feels like... And as far as, you know, it's someone learning to make games goes, it's like, it feels like a a solid entry in... Like you know, learning to design a space and embed a narrative in the space. Um, it it the person needs to maybe like mature slightly in their storytelling. Um, but that's like so do you know? We all go through that point in our in our storytelling 
yeah it it like i don't know playing this and seeing you know how how well crafted the space was um did make me think that i will probably pick up their other game that they made more recently um ghost on the shore which mm-hmm. i have only read the synopsis but it seems like it's kind of a similar like more fleshed out absolutely like you know here's a setting and you have to figure out what happened there's like a ghost in an island and you have to figure out the secret of the island things like that so yeah, yeah you know this seems like yeah. A, a, a yeah it'll be interesting to kind of see how these good thing devs to do. Are, are growing as game devs as they continue to make stuff yeah so um i i, I understand here that i am being like I'm sounding like incredibly patronizing here <laughs> where it's like, oh yes, you know, as a as a veteran in the industry, like <laughs> you young whippersnappers, like, I don't know, maybe these people are like, you know, in their fifties and have made like thirty games with other groups before this. Like, I have no idea. But uh so apologies if I'm coming off that way. Well Yeah, but it's also like it's not like it's un unfounded criticism. Like you are a writer. Like it makes yeah. sense, you know. Yeah. So yeah, and I don't think it's unfair either. So um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Cute, cute, short experience. Uh, uh definitely a four in February kind of game, right? Like very yeah. bite sized. Yeah, definitely very bite sized. Which. Honestly, the older I get, the more I want that kind of thing. I say, yeah. even though I'm playing Subnautica again, <laughs> making making an absolute liar of myself. Yep. Soon you'll play Morrowind again. I did yeah. that earlier, um, like a few months ago. Not a few months ago. I did that like several months ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's about time. <laughs> no, it's only about time like every two years now. So. Yeah, no, I've been... Uh... So I, uh, fun, fun story. Uh, I finally, I hit the, uh, days off cap at work. So as, as with a lot of companies, I accrue time off as I continue to work. Um, but I just like, because I only work three days a week, I'm like pretty like well rested and have a pretty good work life balance. So I don't feel the need to like take a ton of time off for the most part. Um, so I, I hit the max cap of the amount of accrued time that you can have off banked. Um, and so I just kind of impromptu decided to take next week off from work. Yeah. So I'm like, I might as well. I'm at the cap. <laughs> if I want to keep accruing more, I should take some time off. Um, yeah, like use it or so, lose it. Yeah, so I have to decide, like, I have an entire week of where I could just kind of do whatever. And I do want to do some writing, but I was like, should I pick up a longer game and try to play it? Like I I've been meaning to play like both persona five and final fantasy 15 for a really long time. So like I could pick one of those and get started on it. Play final fantasy 15 as someone I, I play persona I, five. <laughs> oh, it's, no. not the, it's not the Royal version though. It's just like the regular one for PS3. I, I had some. I, yeah, so did I. I had or some PS4 issues with the with the writing um, in Persona Five. That being said, um, I the I think I would have I would say I had issues with the gameplay in Final Fantasy Fifteen. But <laughs> man, I love the fucking boy band road trip vibe of, yeah, of Final kind Fantasy of what Fifteen. I'm, 
what I'm looking for out of that game. So I think, yeah, I think you will appreciate it. Um, Say the intro it's... in Final Fantasy 15, and then switch to Persona 5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the uh, I I recently like rewatched someone playing Persona 4, which I played a long time ago and had very mm-hmm. fond memories of, and it reminded me of like how absolutely like cringy anime a lot of it is where i'm like oh yeah like for for all the few like really good insightful interesting storytelling things that this game does that i remembered there were like a hundred like awful cringy anime bullshit scenes that i had forgotten and i'm like do i actually want to play persona 5 after all i mean persona 5 still has the cringy anime bullshit it does. That's the thing about Persona 5 and my big issue with it, and you may have heard other people say this, is um, the first like dungeon in the game, the first kind of conflict that you have with uh, a like boss character um, mm-hmm. who is, you know, a, a person from the real world who has, you know, become twisted by their ambitions or however they phrase it. Yep. Like, the stakes feel very real. Like, they feel a little, like, teen soap opera-y, um, like, kind of really, really dire, but it feels like this is an appropriate concern for teenagers, um, and this is something that, like, a teenager should, you know, be really upset about if they see it happening, and this is something that, um, you know, I could, I could feasibly see being kind of, like, swept under the rug by, you know, adults who are running the show. Um, and then the stakes for every single dungeon, like, the conflict, um, the, the, like, the perceived wrong just gets kind of less and less, and more outlandish and, like, silly. Like, nothing feels as, as real or as, like, justifiably, I'm angry at this, we need to fix it, than the first dungeon. And that's my big problem with the writing. Mm, so, I could go into more detail, uh, if you want me to spoil it for you later, but... Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. I've I I did start it uh, at one point, and I think I played like I didn't complete the first dungeon, but I played into the first dungeon at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like it clearly didn't grab me enough to continue at that point. So, um, yeah, I, I think the like the first dungeon has the most compelling bit of story. The second dungeon has the best design. Like the second dungeon is the funnest to play, um, but. Yeah, anyway. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Boy band summer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I ought to. Um but more likely what I'm gonna do is just uh like sit and watch let's plays on YouTube like I always do. Uh also, and then also and do nothing, nothing wrong with that. You know what? Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what if I actually get up the gumption to to do something. I am trying to, one of my, like, New Year's resolutions was to do more, like, um, physical crafts and, like, physical, not not necessarily always crafts, but do more physical things, like, for instance, gardening um, and stuff like that. And so yesterday I did, a, like, a little paper craft Venusaur and, like, made him into a fridge magnet. Um, and so, like, maybe I'll try and do some more, like, physical art craft stuff on my break. Maybe that's the thing. Yeah. Um, although, like I said, 
most likely scenario, I do some of the writing that I intended and then just do very little to nothing for the rest of the time. We'll see. I'll let you know how it goes. Yeah. No, I feel it. I've been, I have two knitting projects that I've been trying to, like, will myself to start. I haven't started either of them yet. <laughs> <laughs> Starting That's is the fine. hardest part, really. Starting is the hardest part, and I haven't knitted in so long. Um, but I just felt like the urge. Just want to do it. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder if I want to learn to knit. It feels like people who, who knit and crochet get, like, scary obsessed with it in a way that I'm not sure if I want to. <laughs> um, eh. I mean, I've then been you knitting. You have to buy a ton of yarn, and then you have all this stuff you've knitted that you gotta, like, find people to give it away to, because otherwise you just have a ton of knitted stuff in your house. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. I've been... like my mom. <laughs> Just sending, like, sweaters to everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, like, I don't know. I've been knitting for a large portion of my life, and I've never gotten super obsessed with it. Like, I've never gotten obsessed with it to the point where I don't finish a project, or two, or, like, even three projects, and then just not knit for several years. Um, so, yeah. you know. But if you do, if you do decide to pick up one or the other, I will say, from what I have seen... It seems like you're either going to take really well to knitting or you're going to take really well to crocheting. And one will make a lot of sense to you and the other one will make no sense to you at all. So if you try one and it doesn't make sense, try the other one. That's, my, that's my advice. Teeny tiny bit of crocheting, like as a, as a youngster, like my mom tried to teach me how to crochet. But I never learned how to like turn around, so I was only capable of making one long string of loops. Ah. Yeah, I um I never figured out how to turn around correctly, so I would just end up with a triangle. Um because I always miss the last the last um the last stitch in you know a chain. What I would, you know what I'd rather pick up actually than either of those is uh relearn how to sew and do like make stuffed animals. Um because I'd love to make my own custom plushies. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. That would um, be good. Go buy fun, weird fabrics, and like you know, it's a they're a fun thing to give as gifts, and you can make like real weird whatever you want. Um, but I don't have a sewing machine, yeah. which makes it a little harder. You can probably find a not too bad sewing machine, like secondhand or something. I mean, I, also, I feel like I also don't have space in my apartment to put a sewing machine, which is a more maybe bigger complication. That's probably fair. Yeah, I have a sewing machine, and I'm so mad at myself. It didn't get packed up um, when I moved from Colorado to Virginia, so it's still in Colorado. And now my mom is using it as, like, her backup sewing machine, no. <laughs> So, which is fair. It's going to be harder she... to tear away from her. <laughs> yeah, which is fair, because she bought it for me anyway. So, like, I don't, I don't feel that bad about it. But sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish I had a sewing machine. Oh, I do have a sewing machine. Oh, not anymore. Mm -hmm. Oh, well. That actually reminds me of another point of reference for Marie's room, um, which is uh, unpacking, right? Like, that's another oh, game yeah. where it's it's very much about, like, the things you learn about someone from the stuff they have. And it's also a game where, like, the thing you learn is just about this person's ordinary life, right? Like, there's no there's no secret dramatic twist. It's just about how their life went. And, uh... I don't know, that it feels much more honest. Yeah. 
I think that's, I feel like that's maybe the crux of it, is that, like, the vast majority of people you know and meet in your life are not that interesting, but they are still, like, wholly unique and completely themselves. And that's the special thing about people, is not that they've, like, got a dark secret or have done anything super cool or are, like, destined for greatness, but they're just, you know, they're living their own life and filling their time in the way that makes them the happiest. Everybody has an interesting, unique self without having any, like, Hollywood drama, necessarily. Yeah, and I think that's what's honest about uh, unpacking and about Gone Home, um, is that that's just just how it is. (laughs) Yeah, not that the game feels, this game feels, like, dishonest, per se. It just feels a little unreal uh, Mm -hmm. because of that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or un ungra- not grounded in the way that the other two do. Yeah, um, that's fair. You know, not that we not that we haven't enjoyed some really like schlocky, over the top shit. Uh, I'm thinking in particular of her story, um, but like that one pre- does not present itself as uh, as learning about the small details of someone's life. That's a like that's a straight up like mystery game. Yeah. Also, it's a bit different when they do it like on purpose, or when you yeah. get the sense that they do it on purpose, at least. Yeah, yeah. And that one, like you know, you know, a crime has been committed. It's it's people being interviewed in a police station. So it's like it kind of sets you up for that from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be fair, even in her story, I thought it was a bit stupid. <laughs> yeah, but on purpose though. Yeah. yeah. Still. <laughs> I kind of uh, feel I'm like about her story again. Yeah, the, the, we really need to play uh, Telling Lies at some point. Um, and the other one that they made that's out now the, that I don't remember the, the name of. The one that people say are good, immortal. Oh, is yeah, that, that the same one. people? I thought yeah. I didn't realize that was the same group. Okay, yeah. Well, we need to play immortal, then, I guess. Um, the uh, was I going to say something about uh the the schlockiness of that. Oh, the thing about her story, which I think we discussed at the time uh, during that episode, is that like a, a more subtle story probably would have gotten lost in the storytelling because that that game has such a weird storytelling method. Um, it seems like um, if you were if you were trying to tell something more subtle, it might be much harder to direct people to look for certain things. Um, and it would be much harder to find your way through it. Um, so I think the subject matter is is appropriate for the game they were making, even though it's very silly. And that does make me interested in playing their subsequent games, because, you know, theoretically they will have gotten much better at they using that format. Yeah, yeah. refine their, uh, their format a little bit. Yeah, Which, no, we should definitely I mean, look into it. Like... How, how long is does Immortal take to beat? I don't know. I think last I saw, all three of them were on Game Pass, which means I should be able to just, if they're still there, just look and see it, how long. Is it spelled weird? Uh, or Immortality? Immortality, uh, it is. Oh, yeah. Immortality, yeah. Um, yeah, that's between, like, 10 and 16 hours, it looks like. It's, like, on the high end for us, but it's not completely un- unplayable within a a podcast. So that's a. It's not what we're gonna play next, though. 
Um, let's talk about what we're going to play next, because I think we're pretty done talking about Marie's room. Yeah. Yeah, next, that's fair. We're still going with two games for in February. Yep. And uh, we're playing The Looker by Subcreation Studio, which is a, a parody game of The Witness. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing parody games. They're they're it's such a knife's edge of like you know whether they'll be really good or really bad. So I'm super curious. I played it. I thought it was goofy. Okay. And we're also playing Love by Fred Wood. And I mean, Google Love game, and it's the first Steam link. Yeah. It's, oh, is it, that's it, good. <laughs> It it looks like if it looks like a uh, very uh, low low pixel pixel art uh, two tone platformer, then you found the right one. Yeah, it's a very like hardcore pixel platforming. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes because. I don't know. I don't, like, find that I typically have a lot of patience for, like, massacre platforming, but eh, we'll see. Maybe this one's short enough that I will be fine. Not to be confused with the Newgrounds game Beloved, which was also a platformer, I think. Um, oh, no. Uh, which was more about, like... I think that was, like, the weird... Um... Was it loved? It no, was loved. loved. Loved yeah. is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah, not to be confused with loved, which is also a pixel art platformer that was about... Uh, following directions. Yeah, following directions. I was going to say BDSM, uh, dominatrixy type type thing, because it's about, like, you know... Sort of. You, do you accept direction from this omnipotent voice that says it loves you, or do you fight... Uh, eh. um, which I think it, I think that like, is it the, the game becomes harder and harder as you like, don't follow directions or something like that. I don't remember it exactly. I remember it being somewhat interesting at the time, but clearly not enough to have, have completely stuck in my mind. That's fair. Anyway, that's not the game we're playing. We're playing love. Uh, which is the first game uh, in, I think, like a three-game series now. Um, yeah. That they played. Uh, they played the most recent game at GDQ this year, which is how I've like heard about it in the first place. Yeah. So that's what we're doing. Um, and it'll be two weeks, which means that we will not be completing four in February. In February, in fact, but. That's early fine. March, which is it'll fine. be a little bit. It'll be a little bit of March. We'll mostly play it in February, and uh, you know, Mar March can can come if it wants. Yeah, time can continue to pass if it so chooses. Uh, yeah, we'll we just see how that it. goes. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. permit. Yep. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, uh, plugs. Hello. You can find me on Twitter. Uh, at Kelso Time Bomb, if you if you so choose, I permit you to do that. Um, and you can follow the podcast Twitter at Feedback Force. Yeah, yeah. You can find me on Twitter at Kyla underscore Go, even though I almost never tweet uh, anymore. Um, and you can see p 
pictures of my gecko on Instagram uh, at Kyla Gorman Fury. And more importantly, uh, you can play my game, Wintermore Tactics Club, uh, on pretty much all modern consoles uh, and PC. So uh, enjoy that. It's a good game. Um, you know, I, I, did, I did some writing in it, and, uh, and I like it. <laughs> yeah, it is a good game. You should be proud of yourself. I am. Yeah, good. Good. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm Carl, and you can follow me on Twitter, Skug3. Nice. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be back in hopefully two weeks. Fingers uh, crossed. Fingers crossed, if life doesn't get in the way, uh, with The Looker and Love. Yeah, uh, and that's all for now. Thank you for listening, and we will see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.